0: Arizona Fall League rosters are out. Who did your favorite team send to the desert? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked Podcast Network where it's your team every day. And I want this to be your show. If you have questions from Monday's mailbag, show ideas, things like that, tons of ways to get them to us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. We have an email, discord, subtext, lots of different options. They're all in the episode description down in the links. So the Arizona Fall League rosters have been announced and I honestly can't remember seeing a team as talented as the 2023 Peoria Javelinas. Obviously, a reminder of the way that this works is every, all six of these teams draw from five affiliated MLB teams, and this Peoria team is absolutely stacked. So when you look at infield, outfield, just about everywhere, they've got plenty of guys. This is the infield for Peoria. You've got first baseman Kyle Manzardo of the Cleveland Guardians, formerly of the Tampa Bay Rays. You've got first baseman Nathan Martarella of the San Diego Padres. You've got shortstop Carson Williams of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, You've got second baseman and shortstop Nassim Nunez of the Marlins, who is probably going to be one of the top two steals guys in the entire Arizona Fall League, along with Victor Scott of the Cardinals. You've got third baseman Jacob Berry of the Marlins, a very high draft pick two years ago. You've got second baseman Ryan Bliss, traded from Arizona to Seattle this year, has been in AAA. And behind the plate, you've got uh, Harry Ford of the Seattle Mariners, and then you've got Dominic Keegan of the Tampa Bay Rays, two guys that we've talked about a lot on this show, and I'm one of those that's high on Dominic Keegan. And it's an absolutely dominant and that didn't even get to, I'm sorry, Tyler Locklear of the Seattle Mariners is there as well. He can play first base and third base and Graham Pauley of the Cardinals of, of the Padres is also there. Like it's an incredibly stacked infield. And I can't remember a team that had this many high level talented infielders or position players period on a team like all of these guys for the most part Finished the year in the upper minors. Now, some of them, it was very brief. Carson Williams, when the double, he was promoted to double A for the last week of the season in the postseason and then went to triple A, we'll a little bit. But Kyle Manzardo has been in triple A all year when he was healthy. Tyler Locklear, double A Arkansas. Jacob Berry finished the year in double A. Ryan Bliss has been in triple A all year between Arizona and Seattle. Uh, like, it's so many of these guys are upper level. Like very good hitting prospects, and so to have all of them on the same team is very surprising. When you look at the outfield, there's only three of them listed, so you're going to see some other guys get some time. To see Nunez, will probably get some time in the outfield and things like that. But headlined by Chase De of the Cleveland Guardians, one of the only really super promising as far as well-rounded and power potential position players in that Cleveland system and so just absolutely stacked from a position player standpoint from a pitching standpoint I like a lot of these guys I think there's a lot of guys that are kind of sleepers you don't typically see as good of pitching in the Arizona Fall League as you see hitters but there's some of these guys that are well regarded and maybe not top prospects but are still going to be pretty good pitchers Tampa Bay sent both Logan Workman and Patrick Wicklander I got the chance to see both of them in double a very impressed with what both of them can do. It's the strength of this team is definitely going to be the position players, but it's something where like baseball America said there was nine top 100 prospects in the entire Arizona fall league. Five of them were on this Peoria team. So incredibly dominant group here. And probably going to be the favorite to win the Arizona fall league. So reminder of how all of this works and everything. It's a six week long season. It starts first week of October. Again, they play for six weeks. There will be a couple days where they play outside of the usual ballparks. There's one day where they're all playing in one of the spring training ballparks. There's one day they're all going to play in Arizona in the ballpark there. Most of these games um, every team will be off on Sundays. So there'll be three games every day. Usually two of them are going to be in the mid, like the 3 o'clock hour and one of them will be in the 6 p.m. hour. So you can watch all of these games for the most part are live streamed on MLB.com. Now, some of them will have commentary and some will not. So some of them, it's a little bit tough to figure out maybe who's watching. You got a high home camera and there's no commentary. But for the most part, all of these games will be streamed. There is a an all-star game. There's a championship. There is a home run derby with it as well. So there are some kind of things that'll go on and we'll probably do a once a week show like we did last year, a once a week show going over who is on the the AFL team of the week and who had great performances last week and things like that. And the whole idea of the Arizona Fall League is a place for MLB teams to send prospects to get an additional work. Different teams use it for different reasons. Some of these teams use the Arizona Fall League as like a finishing school. The St. Louis Cardinals is a great example of this. Their class last year at the Arizona Fall League included Jordan Walker, who broke spring training with the team, and Mason Wynn, who came up towards the end of the year and was the starting shortstop to end the season in St. Louis. So they use it as a finishing school. A lot of teams, or some teams, don't really send any... Uh, significant prospects of note. They'll send guys that are a little farther down that list. We talked on Monday about what actually makes a prospect or not. And again, depends on your definition, but they'll send guys who are organizational depth or maybe somebody who they're expecting to be emergency depth at the major league level, but not necessarily full-time three-year starters or things like that. And so what happens for the most part is every single pod, because you're pulling from five MLB teams per AFL roster, For the most part, every pod will have one team that didn't really send anybody of note. They're not really helping the talent level of the team. Peoria got lucky because a lot of these teams sent very prominent, very good prospects because for some reason or another, they need to get them more playtime. Kyle Manzardo missed time with the shoulder. Carson Williams, they have a need all of a sudden to expedite the shortstop's development because they have a shortstop issue at the major league level. You see Different reasons to do it. Jacob Berry didn't have a great year in the Miami system, and so they want to get him some extra work in. It works out like that. We will, we're going to be watching as much as we can of the Arizona Fall League, but there are some people in the prospect apparatus who will be out there. So there's always good Twitter accounts to follow. A lot of the guys from Baseball America spend time out there. They'll have stuff on Twitter. Two guests that have been on the show, Chris Clegg and Beck from the Dynasty Dugout, they'll both be spending time out there. I think their trips are going to overlap. So go follow them on Twitter. They'll have great video from the Arizona Fall League and live looks to go along with what we see on video and the stats and things like that come out of it. In just a minute, two of the other teams that have pretty good talent, the Salt River Rafters and the Mesa Solar Sox. We'll talk about them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Sales Solutions. If you're struggling to close deals, it's probably because you're using cold calling, cold outreach, and it's a, it's wasting the time of both buyers and sellers at every single stage, especially when a seller has shallow or outdated data that they're using. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology to translate comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights that will empower your sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes, larger pipelines, higher win rates, larger deals. LinkedIn calls this deep sales, and they've built the first deep sales platform with their next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. So, right now you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at LinkedIn.com/slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60 day free trial. Go to linkedin.com slash locked on to get started today. Okay, so for segment two, the Salt River Rafters, uh, one of those teams really like the talent here. This is Colorado, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Arizona. These are the five teams. The Arizona guys obviously don't have very far. They have to travel to get there. And the, the team here that didn't really send anybody of note is Pittsburgh. And again, this happens every single time. It's not always the same team every year. It's, it cycles through based on where your prospects are and things like that. But Pittsburgh, I think the highest profile guy is left-hand pitcher Nick Domkowski. Touted player, was in AAA this year, finished the year in AAA Indianapolis, but uh, none of their top prospects made it out here. They sent uh, a bunch of pitchers: J.C. Flowers, Alessandro Ercolani, Cameron Junker. The, they sent a lot of arms, mostly arms. Uh, every team sends at least six guys. They they sent a catcher, Carter Benz, and they sent an infielder, Jack Brannigan, and I think an outfielder too, Jace Bowen, maybe. But for the most part, it's it was it was a lot of arms and just nobody really of any significant note uh, for the for the Atlanta Braves they actually sent either one or two pitchers with major league experience. Left-hand pitcher Dylan Dodd is for sure uh, on the roster for the Arizona Fall League. And then right-hand pitcher Darius Vines was on some of the early press releases, but when the graphic came out, he was not on it. And the day that the announcement was happening, he was called up to Atlanta and put on the active roster. So it's entirely possible that maybe... That's still up in the air whether or not they figure out do they need him in the postseason or not since Max Fried and Charlie Morton have gone on the IL and Charlie Morton's going to miss the NLDS. So not sure about him or not. They also took or sent infielder David McCabe, really interesting guy, 2022 fourth rounder out of UNC Charlotte. Spent time in single A and high A this year, 123 games combined, 276, 386, 450. 17 home runs, 41 extra base hits, 80 walks to 113 strikeouts, 10 to 12 on stolen bases. Uh, a, a guy that they really wanted to see get a little bit more time. Uh, one, defensively, he's played almost entirely third base, and they're trying to figure out, can he stick at third, or is he going to have to move to first base? He was a mostly a, um, a left side of the infield guy in college until his senior year or his final year, and then they moved him to first base for a lot of that season. And so now there's a question of, can he stick at third or not? This is his chance. And you'll see a lot of guys move around in the Arizona Fall League, uh, play a lot of different positions, especially because oftentimes these rosters only have three or four outfielders. So you definitely have to move somebody around just so they can get some time. Arizona sent some really interesting infielders. First baseman Ivan Melendez, the Hispanic Titanic, He's played a lot of third this year as well. He was a first baseman in college at Texas. And so there's a question there as far as can he play third at the major league level? He'll probably spend some time playing both corners. Same as David McCabe, the workaround and the rotate through there. Second baseman, third baseman, Sterling Thompson, another interesting infielder. Right handed here, finished the year in A. He was sent by Colorado, part of that Colorado contingent. A lot of their prospects. Not some of the top guys that broke out, like a Yankeel Fernandez, but guys who are working on maybe rebuilding some prospect status from where they were. Drew Romo, the catcher, outfielder Benny Montgomery. Guys who were uh, previously higher on the prospect lists and were passed by some other options in the system. They've sent them out to the desert to maybe rebuild a little bit of value. The Tigers sent some really interesting players. One of the best pitching prospects in in this whole thing, right-hand pitcher Jackson Job. They also sent uh, second baseman Jace Young, a pick from last year. And then one of the breakout guys from this season, outfielder Justice Bigby. A couple interesting, uh, really useful guys for them that you're going to see sooner rather than later. Bigby finished the year in AAA. Toledo, prominent guys here. Young spent the almost the entire year, I think, in A Erie. But somebody they're looking at getting to the majors probably by the end of next season or for 2025. And a good showing here may be able to expedite that. Also, some interesting back-end pitchers, Wilmer Flores, Tanner Colep, guys I'm going to watch there. Um, two more Arizona guys that I missed in the first pass there, but outfielder AJ Vukovic, interesting there. And then left-hand pitcher Blake Walston, somebody who has is seen as having pretty good potential but didn't quite have the year you wanted. So I'm going to follow them and see how they do in the Arizona Fall League as well. For the Mesa Solar Sox, this is one Baltimore, Houston, Oakland, the Yankees, and the Cubs. The one that didn't really give you anybody of value is Baltimore. The Yankees kind of didn't either. And that's, they have sent valuable, Jason Dominguez played in the AFL. They have sent valuable prospects out there. But this year, it just didn't quite work out for that. For the for the Yankees, the big guy that I'm watching here, Tristan Veerling, the right-handed pitcher, they've done so much work with some of these pitchers that I'm really excited to see what he can do, how he can develop. But uh, some of the big guys, right-hand pitcher Royber Salinas of the Oakland A's. Oakland really went out of pocket and sent some pretty good guys. As one of the returns in one of the Atlanta trades. I'm honestly, at the top of my head, I don't remember if it's the Sean Murphy or the Matt Olson trade, but one of the returns from one of the Atlanta trades, one of the better pitchers, some of the better swing and miss stuff. I actually think that, Baseball America maybe said Salinas had the best slider in the entire Arizona Fall League, but interesting guy there. They also sent infielder Max Muncy. He's been in the upper minors, has a little bit more experience, something where, for the most part, you want to always find the one or two studs, per se, that are going to carry the team and be the, the emotional center of the team for that six weeks. Max Muncy's probably going to be that guy. There are some other interesting position players, especially from Chicago. They sent second baseman James Triantos, who finished the year in double-A Tennessee, as well as they sent two interesting outfielders. There's six on this team. It's the only team that has like more than four. But Kevin Alcantara, big boy 6'6", was in Tennessee, a lot of strikeouts. Alex Canario finished the year in triple-A Iowa, but both of these outfielders have been passed in the organizational, I guess standings or preference or whatever you want to call, obviously by Pete Crow Armstrong, but also by Owen Casey, and so this is a chance to get another look at Kevin Alcantara, Alex Canario, to figure out exactly how can they fit into this major league roster and what can we do with them going forward. Are they? Do we keep them in the organization? Do we trade them? What happens here? Find that really interesting. That was the, the those were the guys that were sent by Chicago, sent some, again, some pretty interesting guys. Houston sent corner infielder Zach DiCenzo, so one of their better infield prospects, played some first base, played some third base. Again, you'll see guys move around a lot here in the Arizona Fall League. I also like some of the pitchers they sent. Miguel Ulola, the right-hand pitcher, really good swing and miss stuff. And then I'm interested in Tyler Guilfoyle. 2022 eighth rounder by the Astros had been at Lipscomb, transferred to Kentucky, and really pitched, pitched really well in a relief role in college. They took him again the eighth round, and he's been doing both starting and relieving this year. Was in single A Fayetteville 18 games, nine starts, bumped up to high A Asheville, and almost entirely start five games, four of those were starts. But finished the year with a 3-2-1 ERA and 123 strikeouts in 84 innings, so 13.2 per nine, but also 37 walks, so four walks per nine. Curious to see, obviously, it's only six weeks. He doesn't have a super ridiculous workload. It's the same as what it was in his draft year last year, as far as he's around in the ballpark. He's at 84 innings right now, and last year between college and the pros, he had about 70 innings. So it's he's right there in the ballpark to probably be on a normal pitching routine. The question is, does he get starts? Is he using relief? I'm curious what they do there. In just a minute, the last three teams had some of the top prospects in the system, but also some teams that didn't really do much. We'll get to them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but global supply chains are fragile, and things like pandemics, natural disasters, foreign travel could cut you off from the treatment that you need, and so Jace Medical is your solution. Fill out their online form. One of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine what medications are safe and appropriate for you. They'll then send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies, where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You have a hotline, you can reach your physician, leave a message for answers to questions you have at any time, and everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. I've gone through the process of ordering one for myself, quick, very easy, and painless, arrived at the house, and it's valuable for us to have if we're traveling or doing whatever else. Save more than $360 off the retail price by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus. Get an additional $20 off by using our code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Okay, so the last three teams in the Arizona Fall League have some talented players, but also just don't have, they're not quite at the talent level of a Peoria or a Salt River or a Mesa. So looking at the Glendale Desert Dogs. They have probably the single highest rated prospect in the entire thing here. Colson Montgomery, Chicago White Sox. He's considered to be a top 20 guy, but he missed a lot of time early in the year. He had an oblique injury. He had a back injury. And with Tim Anderson's contract status and what's going on there in Chicago, like they need to make sure that he's ready to go because there's a very good chance they're going to install him as the starting shortstop on opening day next year. And so the Arizona Fall League is a chance for him to catch up on some of the at-bats that he missed. And they can get one last glimpse to see, is he ready? Can we plan on him at least competing for the starting shortstop job out of spring training? Or do we need to go make a trade, uh, sign somebody? What do we need to do? So really interesting there. For the Mets, Kevin Parada, I think, is the big one here. Uh, the catcher, first-round pick out of Georgia Tech in the last year's draft, didn't have a great year um, at the plate, but is something where he's still working on getting his defense better. He's been focusing on that all year. And some of the questions are, one, is the offense struggling because he's focusing so hard on defense? What exactly is going on? This is another chance, six more weeks, for him to work with some different pitchers, some different coaches to see can he get better at some of the defensive aspects of the game, as well as find find his pitching stroke again. Another interesting position player, outfielder Kali Rosario for the Minnesota Twins. Really did a good job this year, hit for a lot more power than he had. And it's something where this is the proper timing for that because Matt Waldner is ahead of him, has already made it up to the bigs. Emmanuel Rodriguez is ahead of him and is closer to debuting. And so Cly Rosario is going to go probably to double a next year, but it is now becoming jammed ahead of him. We had that show a couple weeks ago to think two weeks ago, talking about some of these teams and how they break these positional log jams. And the twins have a lot of infielders. You always run the risk of somebody like Royce Lewis getting moved to the outfield. Cly Rosario has a chance to show them that he is a future major leaguer and solidify his status as somebody they need to make room for versus seeing if they have room. For the pitching, Ronan Kopp, the lefty for the Dodgers, big body, uh, lots of power, trying to get some refinement onto that profile. He'll be there. And then Jake Eater, the lefty for the Chicago White Sox, coming back after Tommy John surgery, hasn't quite shown the same level of stuff. And so that's the big goal while he's here is – flashing, probably in shorter stints, probably in a relief kind of thing. Or even when you're a starter, you don't pitch very deep. You pitch two innings or three innings and you're done. But seeing if his stuff can look a little sharper, maybe in a different environment for a couple weeks. Boston's the team here that really didn't do much as far as contributing anybody of note to the roster. Scottsdale Scorpions. This is Philly, the Giants, the Cardinals. The Nationals and the Angels, and the Angels are the ones that are guilty of not sending a lot of interesting guys. The outfield here, I really like the outfield here. Robert Hassel from the Washington Nationals, super talented, obviously has some work to do, but lefty hitter, Victor Scott of the Cardinals, super fast guy, finished the year in A, also a lefty hitter, Gabriel Rincones of the Phillies. Also a lefty hitter. So really interesting. Your three starters, Yadiel Sanchez, the Angels, is there as a depth guy. But your three starters are all going to be lefties. Really talented outfield left to right there. And then the pitching, St. Louis really sent some interesting pitchers to the Arizona Fall League. Lefty Cooper right Ryan Pitcher Inouin right Ryan Pitcher Takoa Roby. A lot of guys that have talent but St. Louis needs to see how much swing and miss they're going to have in the profile because they've very publicly talked about, we have to adjust from a, a, a pitch to contact, sinker slider profile to more of a swing and miss profile. So they're trying to get some looks at these guys to see what's going to happen there. Davis Daniels, a AAA pitcher for the Angels. He's probably the highest profile Angels guy that's here, but none of their top guys that they're really counting on for a lot of stuff. Uh, came to Arizona this year. The final team, the surprise Saguaros. This is the Texas Rangers, Kansas City Royals, Cincinnati Reds, Milwaukee Brewers, and Toronto Blue Jays. And Cincinnati's really the team that didn't send any any super important prospects of note here. Kansas City did a good job of sending pitchers that need a little bit of work that are big names but need some work. Beck Way, Angel, Angel Zerpa. Jacob Wallace, some, some guys with some pretty big names, but the biggest name that's here is Ricky Tiedemann of the Toronto Blue Jays. Finished the year up in double A, but uh, top 100 prospect. I think he's the only top 100 prospect on this roster. Really interesting guy there. Cincinnati did send some players that they're that, that talented and interesting. Austin Callahan, the infielder, Michael Troutline, the catcher. Keep an eye on right hand pitcher Zach Maxwell. Has interesting stuff, has not been able to harness it super well. We'll see what happens there. But, oh, and Kansas City also sent Peyton, infielder Peyton Wilson and outfielder Gavin Cross. Completely forgot that. For Texas, the big one here, Abel Mech-Ortiz. We talked about him. I think that was the Chris Clegg show. Talked about him as one of the breakouts this year. Some of the younger players to go out and look for. And then Milwaukee, the big highlights here. Infielder Eric Brown Jr., Right-hand pitcher Justin Yeager uh, you know, sent some interesting guys here. We're just going to wait to see what happens there. Um, but either way, reminder, you can watch all of these games on MLB.com. They'll have live feeds and they'll have streams. Again, some of them will have commentary. Some of them will not. We will do a weekly recap show. They're off on Sundays. We probably won't push the Monday mailbag, but the Tuesday show will probably be last week's AFL recap. Where we'll talk about what happened in the Arizona Fall League. Reminder if you have questions for the show, show ideas, anything like that, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, prospects at gmail.com. There's also a Discord, subtext, tons of ways to get them to us. Until next time, remember it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.